0: Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
1: This is John Katsimatidis. It's Cats at Night, and it's a sober day here at WABC. We we lost a colleague, and he was one great uh, person, and I understand that uh, Bill O'Reilly is going to be calling in, in the next few minutes to talk about uh, Bernie McGurk and... It was a very, it's a very somber day all day. Uh, in the studio with us, uh, we have two common sense Democrats. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, and we have a uh, former governor, uh, 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 David Patterson. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Ed Cox, our, uh, our, our common sense Republican, 10 years GOP chair of New York State, uh, first, uh, uh first son in law or second son in law <laughs> of President Richard Nixon.
2: And Surrounded by Democrats.
1: They got you, got you <laughs> Some of your best friends are Democrats. <laughs> and uh, Lydia Serrano, am I right? And we have a great show today. We're going to have a, uh, a lot of people. we have Bill O'Reilly. Who else? John- As
3: you mentioned, John Solomon. We'll also have Professor Alan Dershowitz, Sam Liebman, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and John McLaughlin. Well, we're really going to know what the heck is going on. Number one show at five o'clock and, uh, on uh, the New
1: York, uh, well, tri-state, well, about five states. Uh, uh, and if it was... Wasn't, uh, well, let's go. I, I understand somebody is on the line. Calling in right now is Bill O'Reilly to help us honor Bernie McGurk. Bill, tell me a little bit about Bernie.
4: Well, it's my honor to uh, talk about uh, McGurk. I always call him by his last name because that's what Irish guys in New York do. And um, if you'd permit me a couple of minutes, I want to bring some perspective uh, to Bernie McGurk's life because I've lived pretty much the same life. So, uh, he's from an ethnic Irish um, home in the Bronx. My uh, father is a Brooklyn guy, and uh, he went to Cardinal Hayes High School, I went to Chaminade High School. We played each other in sports, same environment. Pretty much the brothers were trying to shape up these uh, kids who could go either way. Uh, Discipline, no BS. Um, Then McGurk, uh, Yonkers, that's where my mother's side was. And uh, so we had all kinds of intersections in life. The main one was this, and, and New Yorkers are a special breed. We all know that. Uh, we're not like everybody else in the country, and sometimes the country doesn't like that. But we are uh, a people of straight talk. And so uh, that's what McGurk was. And uh, I put him on television uh, with Gutfeld. It was Gutfeld and McGurk, as, or as McGurk would demand, McGurk and Gutfeld. And they were two together and me. And we would just kick it around, a fabulously successful uh, segment. And then he took that edge and he brought it to WABC. And when we think about Bernard McGurk's life, um, the capstone of his life was the enormous success that he had with Rosenberg. I mean, I've said this before, and I don't blow smoke at anybody, and you guys at WABC know that. Uh, what Bernie and Sid have done in the morning is unprecedented. It's never happened, not only in New York City. I don't think anywhere in the, in the United States. You take a station that was basically over, Okay, in the marketplace, number twenty-two or three. Casementides buys it. Lopez is there. They uh, reconfigure the talent, and now in the morning is number one. And McGurk, obviously, along with Sid, drove that, drove it, and the success that um, he and Sid had was a source of pride, because. Ethnic Irish guys, Jewish guys, Italian guys, Polish guys, African-Americans, Hispanic, doesn't matter. The success is driven on one thing, hard work. That's what binds us all together. So nobody ever gave Bernard McGurk anything. Nobody ever gave Bill O'Reilly anything. We didn't have any uncles in the business. We didn't have any uh, pathway to a Mercedes-Benz unless we bought it with our own money that we had to earn. That kind of a mentality, that kind of a lifestyle, if you will, is what separates working people from, I don't know, you use the adjective, from people who kind of feel entitled in life. Well, it's mine? Give me this. I want this. You don't hear that from us. All right. So we go to work and we do the best we can. But I want on people on the same who never met Bernard Goldberg, um, that Goldberg and I, we had this relationship, but it wasn't based on like hugging or, I mean, it was just like we knew that we had shared experience. And that experience wasn't that easy. It was a little turbulent in the Bronx. I was in Levittown, which was a lot lighter than the Bronx. And, but we knew that we were A, honest, there was no BS. BS is not allowed in our precincts. I mean, you get, you know, I can't, I can't even describe it, but if, if there's somebody in the circle where you're, whether it's a restaurant or something, and they're just spouting nonsense, everybody just looks at them, and they just shut up, they know. And so McGurk was a unique uh, Irish Catholic, New Yorker. He came from where I came from. He succeeded magnificently. On his own. I mean, obviously, WABC helped him, but he had to do it on the ball field. He had to come through on the ball field, which he did. And I think that uh, this is a sad day for all of us uh, who love McGurk. But I think what we need to do is now pivot on to we were privileged to know him. And that's. My summation, of Bernard yeah. McGurk. McGurk had this sardonic humor that, again, New Yorkers understand. Okay? So Gutfeld was throwing one-liners at you. He, he writes them. And, he was, he, and they're good. And he's been very successful. But McGurk is more of a uh, – he, he was observant. All right? So he, he'd look around, and then he'd just crush it. And I remember McGurk uh, on Imus one time. I was on Imus uh, occasionally, and Imus did not really like me very much, um, which is fine. I mean, I'm kind of used to that. <laughs> and then he's given McGurk uh, segments over. The segment was good, but you know, I don't take any guff from Imus, and I, that's what Imus wanted. He wanted you to kiss his butt, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> So um, after the segment's over, Imus is railing about me, and I'm, I'm a dimwit or whatever. He's using, you know, hideous, I think, what the word was. I'm occurring on the radio to his boss goes, hey, O'Reilly's a national treasure, okay? Standing right up to Imus, shutting him up, all right? He just was silenced. And he didn't have to do that. McGurk didn't have to do that. That's what they call speaking truth to power. I don't know if it's, I'm not a national treasure, but McGurk wasn't afraid of anybody, all right? He's not going to pander to you. And that's the kind of guys I like. So I'm, I'm on the D-Day beach. Who do I want in my foxhole? McGurk, right? And that, to me, is the measure of a man that you can depend on him, that he will tell the truth, that he will do his job, that he will respect his family. Those are all the values that I have, and they were handed down to me by my parents and handed down to McGurk by his parents.
1: And he's on every night from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, the number one show on WABC right. Radio uh, at night, uh, Bill O'Reilly.
3: Well, that was a lovely interview. Now on the line for us, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's a leading constitutional lawyer in the country, Harvard Law School, just a couple of decades there. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Professor Dershowitz.
1: Hey, I missed you because of the Jewish holidays, so I'm glad to be back. Well, we made up, uh, you know, we, we, we take care of the Jews. Yeah, we, were praying, <laughs> we were praying for each
5: other, Alan.
0: Hey, I was, uh, went, to, went to the synagogue and who was sitting a couple of rows away from me? 99 and a half year old Henry Kissinger, one of my heroes, there wow. he was sitting in the synagogue saying Yisker for his mother and father, memorial prayers for deceased relatives. And uh, it was such a thrill for me to see him because I've known him since he was a professor at Harvard. He was a senior professor, I was an assistant professor. And we got to know each other a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. he's
1: one of my real heroes. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, there's so many things happening. There's so much breaking news today uh, uh, going yeah. on. Uh, where do you want to begin? Biden, maybe? Well, let's, yeah, talk Biden. let's talk about Biden. There's Martin. a lot of breaking news on Biden, the Washington Post, the yeah. New York Times. Tell well, us. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is going to be a
0: strange counterintuitive point. But if I were Donald Trump, if I were Donald Trump now, I'd be rooting against prosecuting him. Let me tell you what. If they prosecute Biden Jr., it will be much easier for the Justice Department to say, look, we're totally nonpartisan. We can now go after Trump. But if they don't prosecute Biden, Trump has a stronger political case. As, oh, my God, look at that. They're a bunch of Democrats. They didn't They didn't go after Biden, and they're going after me. So it's counterintuitive, but if I were Trump, I
2: would be saying, "Leave it alone." Professor Ed Cox, you're good, you're assuming that they will go after Trump regardless. Is that right? And it's no, question. I'm,
0: I'm assuming that they would like to go after Trump, but right now they don't have it. Right now they don't have the evidence. It doesn't meet the standards. Neither of the three cases meet the standards. But assuming you know they get more evidence, or assuming they decide that it did meet the standards it becomes a lot easier if they have prosecuted the president's son to then prosecute the president's opponent.
3: Can you, um, Professor Dershowitz or Judge Weinberg, can you explain exactly what is the story regarding Hunter Biden for those that don't know?
5: Alan, as you know, the Delaware U.S. Attorney has been looking at yeah, tax yeah. issues and these also been looking at the false filing with respect to the right. to the gun the drugs, so the it's drugs, very yeah. so i understand what you said politically and i think your points well taken the problem is legally they may have him good it's not the yeah, president no. you're talking about you're talking about the son
0: no of course but you know the drugs the he he said he didn't use drugs when he applied right. for his gun license apparently They rarely prosecute those kinds of cases, even when it's an open and shut case. In this case, it seems fairly open and shut. I mean, in his own biography, he talks about how he was heavily involved in drugs, apparently during the same period of time where he was stating under oath that he wasn't. So that would seem like an easy
5: case if they want to bring it. So you plead it down to a misdemeanor and you give him Yeah, but how about the
1: IRS and all the millions of dollars that went into his account? That's that's that's
5: a real case. problem, don't you think? And that,
1: yes, and those cases are brought. If you
0: cheat on your taxes in that way, you know, they're going to go after you. Of course, the Trump case has been referred to the IRS, too. I've never thought there was anything to the Trump case. He gave a different evaluation of 40 Wall Street than the government has. He said it was worth $500 million. They said it was worth $250 million. The banks don't need prosecutors to help them on that. All they have to do is hire somebody who's an expert, figures out how much per square foot, how many square foot there are, and then he comes back. The Trumps, no, 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 it's not five. It's not five hundred million. It's three hundred million. Well, the Southern
2: District I already passed on that case, didn't they? This is James so. trying again, or just trying to so make now, a headline.
0: Now she's yeah. Now she's yeah. And I don't think she's going to get anywhere. Certainly not. It's not a criminal case at this point, but you know what a what a world we live in when the future candidate for president is being investigated, the son of the current president is being investigated. Where has honesty gone to? You know how do we how do we have public figures now? First of all, you can't blame Biden for his son. Um, my, as my sons always remind me, don't blame the kids for their parents, and the, the opposite is true too. So, you know, even if he's guilty, unless there's evidence that money was filtered to the big man, there was some suggestion of that, uh, it becomes a tragedy for President Biden, but it's not um, a legal or probably even a yeah. political liability. Yeah, but yet. according
5: to Bob Alinsky, who's the source for a lot of this, this information, uh, the president, as, as vice president, was, uh, was a participant in this. So it's a lot more than having a bad sign. Yeah.
0: Well, there's another investigation that should be going on, and I really strongly believe in this. Obviously, this story was leaked by some prosecutor or some FBI agent or some investigator to The Washington Post and The New York Times. That is a felony. You cannot leak grand jury investigations to the press. And The New York Times publishes it, and The Washington Post publishes Well, he decided on anonymity because he didn't want to uh, comment on an ongoing investigation, it's a felony That's to great. leak that kind of information.
5: Speaking of investigations, whatever happened to the leak of the Supreme Court uh, draft opinion?
0: It went nowhere. It went nowhere because they gave it to the marshal's office. The marshal's office, you know, they had to investigate, you know, people sitting in the wrong seat in the Supreme Court. But The, the only time I, I was ever, ever um, uh, approached by the marshals, I was at an extraordinarily boring case in the Supreme court and I began to doze off and the marshals people came over to me and said, excuse me, professor, but you're not allowed to sleep. while well, arguments are going on. I mean, they're not real law enforcement people in the marshals. They're the nicest people in the world. I like them. I work with them, but they can't get to the, so bottom why did they this.
5: give the marshals service at the Supreme court that investigation?
0: Because I don't think they were so anxious to get to the bottom of this. I think it would have been much better if they had given it to the FBI through a special investigator, a special prosecutor. The problem is it's not clear it's actually a crime. Right, exactly it's the worst violation of ethics and obligations. You know, when I clerked on the Supreme Court, my justice called me in and he shook his finger at me and he says, if you ever, ever tell your wife, your children, your mother, anything about this, you're fired that minute. And, you know, we knew that everything was confidential. And even when we spoke in the dining room among ourselves, we always had to look around to make sure nobody was listening.
2: Well, doesn't the, a leak from the FBI, if it's grand jury uh, information, is a felony? And that yeah. isn't there. Uh, there's a subpoena issue. There had to be a grand jury. Isn't that Right with respect well, to the to the papers and so all those leaks with respect to the the raid and the results of it isn't aren't those felonies on uh, as far as the FBI agents who did it
0: well remember with the search the leak was done not the leak but the disclosure was done by Donald Trump he disclosed the fact that the search warrant had been issued and that he was searched but no you have to look into every newspaper account look we love to read all these stories in the newspapers but there is there are rules and particularly grand jury information should never be leaked because it's ex-party it's one side it presents only the prosecution side of the case and for that reason it's improper to leak it and if, if any you know grand jury by the way it's so interesting grand jurors are allowed to leak it they never do but they're allowed to leak it just like petty jurors are allowed to say anything that went on in the jury room, but you're not allowed to make them say it. So um, it, it's, it's, it's an, an interesting rule. Sometimes, you know, the defendants leak the material, but not in this case, in this case with Biden, it's clear that it must've been a prosecutor or an investigator, FBI, or somebody like that. And
5: we ought to get to the bottom of it. Alan, um, there's another couple of issues that are, that are current. Sure. One, you had a decision by federal court saying that DACA was unconstitutional and the, the Obama administration wrongfully uh, got into that process by, uh, by executive order. It was an unconstitutional act. And then now you have B- that's one, and now you have Biden pushing to uh, pardon uh, marijuana possessors under the federal law. What do you say about those two issues?
0: Well, I think there's too much executive power. You know, I think the framers of the Constitution was very clear They wanted all this to be legislative. And the idea of executive power, you know, was invented by the presidents. I mean, the the major uh, inventor was Thomas Jefferson. He gets elected on the promise of a smaller presidency. He's not going to do what Adams and Washington did. It's going to be a smaller presidency. First thing he does is he buys Louisiana without even asking Congress about it. It was a great decision. You know, we love Louisiana. We love Cajun food. I'm glad it's part of the United States. But it was utterly unconstitutional, and that's back in 180 whatever. 1803. Uh, so we, you know, we've seen expansions repeatedly of executive power. Look, you're not supposed to go to war without uh, congressional authorization. When's the last time? You know, des- December seventh, 1941 is the last time we declared war.
5: And what about the marijuana decision? Well, again, uh, the executive does have the right to
0: say we don't want to enforce certain laws. Um, That is within the power of the executive. But again, it should be a legislative determination if it's done across the board.
1: That's uh, that's interesting because a lot of people are saying uh, he swore to obey the laws of the border. Now you're saying a, a chief executive doesn't have to obey those laws. The chief executive has completely
0: untrammeled authority to decide which laws to enforce and which laws not. It's not a good thing, but if that's the way our constitution works, and you know they try, they try to, they try to impeach Andrew Johnson, um, partly for that reason, uh,
1: and it failed. Well, we have, uh, thank you, uh, Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much, you. and God bless you, and and hope I hope you prayed for all of us, and it'll be a happy new year for all I of us. I did, I did, I pray for everybody. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, following we, this,
3: let's go to... We have some, uh, there's some developing news going on.
4: Breaking News, WABC.
3: And now on the line with us with some breaking news, as always, uh, investigative reporter extraordinaire John Solomon of JustTheNews.com. That's JustTheNews.com. What do you have for us, John?
6: Oh, a lot of breaking news today uh, Well, First let's start with an interesting pardon decision President Biden's going to pardon All Americans who were charged With federal offenses related to simple Marijuana possession uh, we, A month out from the election I'm sure there's some electoral politics in this but we're talking A mass mass pardon uh, That came out just a little bit ago and I think uh, Getting a lot of people's attention Another one uh, This is something close to my heart because I did a lot of Reporting on this about a year, year and a half ago at just the news, Senator Grassley put out a letter today to the FBI divulging what we've been talking about. Hundreds of FBI employees were investigated for sexual misconduct, but they all escaped punishment by quitting or retiring before the discipline could come. Kind of like what happened in Russia collusion. The FBI is a very sick institution. A lot of good people, but there are so many warning signs right now that the FBI is struggling at the very basics, like even having a non-hostile workplace, they can't even get that right. Very important story there. Overnight, a federal appeals court struck down DACA. That's the uh, policy that Obama-Biden created a decade ago that allows illegal migrant children to stay in the country, avoid deportation. Federal appeals court said it's made up. There's no law to back it. It is illegal that's going to rock the immigration debate in the near future and then overnight this is a fun one i know we were talking out there about this this is really important uh, you begin to get a sense of just how much biden, the biden economic policy is affecting everybody study out that says that his energy policies restraining oil in american gas and the, preventing us from using uh, the liquid gold beneath our, our feet uh, uh, it's costing the economy at least a hundred billion dollars a year. I think a lot of people think it's way more than that. It also led to that amazing. Uh, well, John with,
1: Solomon, yes, I think ahead. that's a lot of crap, as our old friend would say. <laughs> I think yeah. it's costing the American people closer because of the cost of uh, of gasoline and fertilizer and food products. I think it's right. closer to three to four hundred billion dollars a year, and
3: I'm, I'm talking about each family probably costing. Five to ten thousand dollars a year. And now a new report came out in the New York Post, John Solomon, about that Biden hates Republicans so much that he'd rather buy oil from Venezuela. I mean, this is insane.
6: It is. Listen, we are so upside down right now. And just think about what OPEC did two days ago. No American president has ever been sidewinded like President Biden was by OPEC two days ago. They were originally going to cut production by a million barrels. But when President Biden managed to offend them a little more, they said, you know, what? we'll cut it by two million barrels a day. See how that feels. And what, right now, in the month leading up to this election, we're going to see gas prices soar. It won't matter how much Joe Biden releases from the already drained Strategic Petroleum Reserve. OPEC just showed up our own president on his own front on on oil and gas. I agree with John. The economic consequences of the uh, energy policy of uh, Joe Biden is probably way into the hundreds of billions more than this. But even for anyone to acknowledge that this is how much damage has been done, it gives you a sense that even the institutions that tend to lean left. They're even beginning to see that this, the president has created a, almost an untenable, if not irreversible damage to the economy. I've been talking to people who said between foreign policy and economy, we are in a generational uh, decline in American standing in the world. That to hear, you know, a former national security advisor like I was talking to the other day say that Joe Biden in 20 months has created a lot of havoc in a very short period of time.
3: And now the Washington Post has some breaking news: federal agency chargeable tax gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. Could this be Hunter Biden actually yeah. be charged with a crime? Well, well, I think the bigger
1: news is the Washington Post actually <laughs> <She's laughs> announcing it. You know, <laughs> uh, if, if it's in the if it's in the Washington Post and the New York Times, they're setting it up uh, on behalf of whoever, uh, and it'll end up being a fine or something. Mm. Yeah
6: i listen, I think you're onto something, down. And first off, I've been reporting this for months. Uh, nothing has changed. Most of the grand jury activity stopped in July, and then they've been waiting for a decision by the Justice Department, to you pursue the charges or not? Now, the fact that the Post reported it is interesting because this has kind of been known for months. Uh, I think there's something else going on. If you watch the last few months, including stories that I broke here a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tony Bobulinski on Fox News earlier this week, it's increasingly clear that Joe Biden was much more involved in the Hunter Biden scheme than we knew. We've got all the meetings now that he, where he's meeting with Hunter Biden's business partner. He had keys to one of Hunter Biden's business offices. He's uh, listed as the big guy. Tony, the more. Uh, Joe Biden is starting to creep into the narrative. The more the official institutions of Washington, like the Washington Post, want to narrow it back to poor, hapless, drug addicted, tax cheating and uh, (laughs) marriage cheating, uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, I think there's an effort here to try to rein this story in and get it back focused on Hunter Biden when the evidence is starting to tick towards Joe Biden.
3: You know, there was another story that you had uh, gender affirming medicine studies for kids draws new scrutiny with possible Department of Justice involvement. As a mother myself, when I hear these stories about kids being mutilated and California, says they'll take over your parental rights if your kids wants to get the uh, puberty blockers and get the surgery. I-, I just can't believe that this is legal. So it's in, it's interesting that finally the Department of Justice might be getting involved.
6: Yeah, and watch out, though. I think this could be the next great great wave of censorship. As you know, we've been writing a lot of stories about a censorship uh, operation that was sanctioned by the Homeland Security Department. A lot of the pressure on the left right now is to extend censorship to any debate about transgender rights or about uh, uh, youth uh, uh, tra- transformations. Uh, I think that this uh, story here is a bellwether that we may begin to see some censorship on this front. Uh, that, that's the pressure. We've seen censorship and everything else. You can't talk about elections. You can't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. We've been through all those things. I think the next great area you're going to see the, the censorship machine in Washington focus on is. Try- Trying to silence the debate on this because the more parents learn about this the more they're becoming concerned about the practices in hospitals and school districts uh but i think that's one of the warning signs of bellwethers in this story which is uh there is a movement to try to censor any debate over these things and call people transphobic or something to avoid having a conversation about what's really going on in hospitals doctors offices and school schools around the country
1: john solomon thank you so much for coming on and uh Uh, God bless you and uh, God bless America. We hope uh, the justice for all in our Constitution stands for all.
5: Absolutely.
6: I couldn't agree more with that. And thanks for all you guys. do. You have such an amazing bullhorn in America. It's always an honor to be on your show.
1: Wow. Let me tell you something. That some interview with John Solomon, he always comes up with some breaking news.
2: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, we're back. And what a show we got today. My god, we had O'Reilly, we had Solomon, we had Gershowitz And now McLaughlin. McLaughlin, what is the real truth of who is winning where?
7: Well, first of all, let me let me on on a personal note. As somebody who really didn't know Bernie that well. I'd met him, but uh I listened to him all while I was commuting to college from Rockland to Fordham University and uh you know, and work later on. I guess he started with Imus in '86. I used to listen to Imus when I was in college in the '70s. But uh, he was from the Bronx, so it's a great loss uh, to your family. But you, John, you did a great job uh, putting him on and having a member of the ABC family there. So, uh, so before we get into the polls, I just want to say that. But in the meantime. Uh, as far as the polls, you saw the Trafalgar poll in New York State, right? With, with uh, Well, tell Rocky us the Hall truth.
1: Wait, 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 wait. And uh, Ed
2: Cox, you're here to, to affirm or deny? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about this write-in candidate. Tell us about him and if you oh. can get 3% or more on a write-in.
7: Well, well, you put a name in a survey that pops up. But, you know, he was on the ballot until the court ruled that he was off the ballot. So Trafalgar didn't get the memo, but Larry Sharp was getting 3%, the Libertarian. Are they out.
1: that dumb not to get the memo?
7: Um, well, you know, there's a lot of pollsters. No, they're a good pollster, but for whatever reason, they asked it last time and it's still in. But uh, but still, that vote is an anti incumbent vote. Kathy Hochul's the governor, and she's not getting that vote. So
5: So where's yeah. that 3% go, John? She wasn't elected.
7: It goes against her. Because she's because she's the she's the better known incumbent. And by the way, a, a week ago we had a survey that uh, that Lee released an internal survey for his campaign that had him within six points. And so now it looks like it's in two. The super PACs that are out there are working hard. Lee's spending money now, and he's got it. He's got his heads up, and he's definitely working hard. And also, think of the last week in New York. The new these were national news stories, not local crime stories. But you had the poor police, uh, the fire lieutenant, who was the woman who was killed in a story, stabbed on a lunch break. The uh, uh, you know the 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 father who over the weekend was up in Poughkeepsie at Marist College, up in Poughkeepsie, in a Marriott courtyard lobby, gunned down by some drug drug addicts who were. Out, you know, long rap sheets and should have been in jail and they're not in jail. And it's going on around the state. You had, uh, since our poll, you had the, the Democrat DA, the liberal Democrat DA of Albany. Uh, say that the governor needs to call the legislature back in and fix cashless bail. It's going on all around the state. She refuses to do it. And it's propelling, you know, the the race is tightening because people are saying, if she's not going to fix this, we're going to vote for Lee. And Lee's been running from from the minute he got in the race, when Andrew Cuomo was still the governor, Andrew Cuomo was still very unpopular, but he was... Uh, Kathy Hochul's mentor, and but when Lee got in, he said, we need to fix this law, and we need to fire DAs who don't enforce the law, and uh, uh, the message is really catchy on, and we've got 33 days to go, so this Trafalgar poll is not a surprise at all, um, and, and they are... He, he's been he's been cited as one of the more accurate pollsters, particularly in the media. So,
3: oh, uh, John McLaughlin, um, I don't know if you heard John's show yesterday, but we had Governor Pataki here in studio. We interviewed mm-hmm. the Albany District Attorney David Suarez, who's a self-professed lifelong Democrat, progressive, and he called out Kathy Hochul by name and said he yeah. advocates for a special session to change bail reform, and he said it's immoral not to do so. And I was so impressed and proud of the fact that finally. Finally, we have a Democrat, even a, a progressive, saying this is insanity. What, what's your reaction to hearing about that?
7: Um, it, it's it's not a surprise because what you've got now is. But there have been Democrats coming to, you know, people that listen to your show. You know, J- Judge Weinberg there, are other Democrats have been saying all year long. Governor Patterson, Governor
8: Patterson, what say right? you, Governor? I think you could have a special session, but I can tell you what the result
5: would be. David, all due respect to your governorship, it doesn't it matter. It's her her obligation to call it. If they want to repudiate, it's on them. She should call
3: it. All she has to do is be shoulder to, shoulder to shoulder with view. Mayor Adams. With Adam. all due respect
8: in return, what I would just say to you is that you could now use that as HOCUL fails with the legislature. And if I was... Uh, Lee Zeldin's campaign manager, that's exactly what I would be having him say She has a moral
5: responsibility to protect the people of this state, and she's not doing it. Uh, she has I a
2: constitutional
5: responsibility
2: to control the legislature and uh, governor.
5: You be <laughs> an legislature, exa- exa- David.
2: To control an exa- the legislature, well, <laughs> to veto something. Has he? Has she vetoed anything important that came out of the legislature that cut a, against uh, the what budget, the people in New York? Should, governor, should, hold should the have. budget. Honestly, it wouldn't have been a change. bad
8: idea to veto some of the legislation that was passed in 2018. And she she didn't yeah. do it. She didn't do it. That's. Yeah, but, that's her constitutional yep. duty. Bingo. She, she wasn't there all in twenty eighteen. Right. We, yeah.
1: we got a minute or so left, uh, John. So give us the hot news. What hot news uh, when you looked at your polls this morning and your homework, what hot news do you have for us?
7: Well, but by, by the way, <laughs> I've been I've been I've been looking at polls all day and a lot of them are for around New York. And by the way, that Trafalgar poll was two to one Democrat. And it had significant numbers of uh, traditional Democrat, uh, you would say minority voters. It was 15% African-American, 11 Hispanic. That poll's accurate. But we've been looking at polls all day. State Senate candidates, congressional candidates, uh, assembly candidates throughout New York State. The Democrats, uh, yeah, the legislature, if they're going to hold and not repeal cashless bail, Lee Zeldin will be the next governor because they're getting their polls around the state. And you can see they're going to be in panic because it's affecting every Everybody from top down, and it's not just the governor's race. Uh, so John- the attorney general race is close, and so is the uh, the state senator. Those
8: state senators are in trouble. You know, John. To to John's point, I think a lot of these legislators are going to lose their seats. They're not going to change. The majority, yeah. but they're going to lose their seats, and the majority will no longer be veto-proof. John right. McLaughlin, thank you for uh,
1: for calling in. And I got—we had Hispanic Day here on Tuesday. We had yeah. a lot of uh, Latinos, Hispanics in the in the studio. Ninety percent of them want to keep their family safe in New York, mm. and they're mad as hell. What's going on? What's wrong with Re- Reverend Diaz? The other Reverend too, Reverend. They were all Reuben. I know Ruben. D- right, Ruben yes. Yeah. And, and, but they were all mad as hell. And they wanted to keep our city safe and they wanted to keep their constituents safe. And we'll be an interesting November. 8th.
2: This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With us today
1: is Janine Pirro. And uh, she uh, has been around uh, the Washington, she was DA of Westchester County, and she told me last night she is mad as hell of what's going on in our city and our state.
9: I have to tell you, I'm tired of being mad. I really am. But every time I read a newspaper, I go through this feeling again. You know, our, our wonderful governor, and I say that sarcastically because I think she's even worse than Cuomo, uh, uh, Governor Hochul, she says that New York is the safest safest large city in the country and where are people going to go to Chicago to San Francisco she's acting like New York is a safe haven for people who want to get away from crime this woman is so removed from reality I don't understand how she even is in the position of governor what I understand you had one guy thrown out because he was corrupt right behind him is Hochul who you know what if we can get down to brass tacks John it's about tax the it's about the fact that people want to be safe. You have an EMT worker who gets stabbed in the neck, a 61-year-old EMT worker, first responder by some nut job who kills her, unprovoked, no reason. Then we've got people who are getting kicked in a uh, in a subway and stomped on for no reason, unprovoked. We've got all kinds of problems in New York City where it is, it's the Wild West. And this woman comes out and she tells New York as the safest large city in America. Are you kidding? You need to have a long gun, a short gun, and everything in between, and a bow and arrow if you want to show up in New York. The crime is beyond. And she says, you know, we've listened. We listened. She's full of malarkey. I'll tell you, she hasn't listened to anything. If she were listening, she would get rid of this cashless bail, the altar upon which so many New Yorkers and Americans and Europeans have been killed in the largest city in, in the country for no reason. They get these criminals get out on cashless bail and they go out to kill again. We just had a guy in Dutchess County in New York who ends up going to visit his son on the college weekend, the beginning of college. He gets shot between a gunshot between the guy who's mentally ill and out. I am tired of the criminals out. I'm tired of the illegals who are criminals being out and the mentally ill. And until you get a handle on that, John, until it's safe for the taxpayers of this of this state to walk around freely, then these people have to go. And there's no question that until we get them out of office, they'll talk the talk, but they won't walk the walk.
1: I agreed, And, and you know, we're coming up on an election, November 8th, uh, uh, Judge Pirro. And and uh, I, I keep telling people they have to make a decision. Whom do they trust
9: to keep them safe after November 8th? Yeah. And we're, we're, yeah what say you? Well, that's a great point. Are they all of a sudden is the left that was calling for defunding the police? And, you know, like this Congresswoman, Cory Bush, who's still calling for defunding the police all of a sudden, you know, now some of them are saying, oh, we were never for it. Well, your silence was acceptance as far as I'm concerned. Your silence while streets and precincts and businesses were being burned down in the summer of 2020 is acceptance of that violence. And now, because they're close to an election now, because they know that Americans, not just New Yorkers, all Americans understand that their safety and security is at risk. The Democrats want to come out and say, oh, we were never for defunding the police hogwash nonsense you said nothing and you want social workers to come in look what happened to two cops responding to a domestic violence call this past year they get ambushed and shot you want two social workers in there who don't even have a chance and and what we've got in this country is a social justice concept that nobody knows what it is it's not defined anywhere they just say they march for social justice that's a bunch of hogwash I'll tell you what justice is. Justice is when victims get their day in court. Justice is when the families are at least able to go to court and, and get some closure for the loss of a, of a family member or loved one. Justice is when a community heals because they know that the police and the prosecutors are on their side. Alvin Bragg, the DA, if if, if Governor Hochul in New York was so much on the side of law and order, she would have gotten rid of Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg is the make-believe DA who said that, you know, when we got a guy who wears a lead glove and sucker punches a guy, gives him a fractured skull, a brain bleed, he's in a coma, the police charge attempted murder. Alvin Bragg reduces it to a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor. The guy almost died, and who knows how long the injury is going to last. I mean, it's time to turn the clock. And I've been saying. The only saying, way to do it is to vote for people who believe in law and order. And I, I've, been, I've been saying to,
1: to all the people in New York why is Albany, why is Hasty, uh, the uh, Assembly, and Cousins uh, in the uh, State Senate? Why are they supporting 3,000 repeat violent criminals that commit violent crimes? That's that versus eight and a half
9: million New Yorkers that want to walk around New York and be safe. I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Yes. Because they don't believe their job is to represent the people. The people are nothing more than pawns in this chess game, where it's all about ideology and going up the ladder in politics. They get money from these leftist Soros-funded organizations, and so they. They're destroying. At the altar They're destroying our civilization.
1: They're destroying our civilization that we have in the United States
9: of America. And they don't care, because these are the people who are invested in getting the power, and these are the people who, when they tell us, no, we can't do something, they do it. These are the people who, like Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them, they invest in stocks. Her husband invests in stocks, a drunk driver, and they get all kinds of
1: impossible inside information.
9: On possible
1: yes, inside information. Because the, 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 the Congress president people... For the- Yes, Congress people 100%. and senators were exempt from being tried on inside
9: information. And they made yeah. billions, billions. They make billions, and so they don't think they represent us. They laugh at us. And so right before an election, they'll come out and say, oh, we believe in funding the police. Don't let them, be, don't let them pull the wool over your eyes, John, because they don't care about you. They only care about money and power and ideology. Victimization one, one is meaningless.
1: Thing. Janine, thank you for coming on for today. And and one last thing. Congestion pricing. When you were in Westchester, you afford it. They used to have a different name on it, and now they changed the name. It used to be uh, commuter tax. Now they're calling it congestion pricing. I mean, they're going to glom. You know, I use the old-fashioned Brooklyn word. They're going to glom the money and keep it. They're not going to spend it on anything.
9: No, they're not going to spend it on anything. They don't want to spend it on anything. And the problem is, it takes the people too long to figure it out. They give the the benefit of the doubt. Of the 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 electorate gives the benefit of the doubt to the politicians, and then they go on to the next thing. And then they worry about the price of food, the price of gas, the price of uh, whether or not they're going to be able to get to commute. I mean, it's it's all a game, and the Americans are pawns in the game. And until they realize that. That we're going to suffer. We're going to be poorer while they are the elite class. And it's time to get rid of them. It is. You've got to get people who believe in law and order like Lee Zeldin. Look at their legislative records. I don't care what state you're in. Vote for a DA who believes in law and order. Vote for a sheriff. Vote for the judges. You have a saying. Vote for people on the school board that believe as you do.
1: Janine Pirro, <laughs> Keep fighting. You, when you were a judge you were one tough judge when you were a DA you were one tough DA keep fighting for New Yorkers and keep fighting for America and we'll, we love you and we'll catch up again with, with you real soon wow that's one tough lady, <laughs> yes. Yes. One tough hell lady. I'm not going to take this anymore oh, <laughs> judge, judge Weinberg what do you think she was a
5: judge you were a judge what do you think tough lady my kind of judge Listen, John, I just want to say one thing as I've been listening to this show. I want my party back. I want the Democratic Party to get its brains back, its common sense back, and I want common my country sense. and I want my country to come back.
8: And uh, and Governor uh, Patterson, I agree with him. Bill Clinton made some remarks about immigration the other day. I'm glad he's the first one to actually say it. But we are incapacitated at a certain point. There's always a tipping Bill, point. Bill Clinton had was, had a lot of common sense. I still, I always respected him. and Still respect him. After 1994 election, he woke up, and by 1996, uh, Dole didn't have a chance because Bill Clinton governed the country. Dick, by Morris. Dick <laughs> Morris says that Hillary is waking up.
10: Well, think I, about that. Whoa! I,
1: I I don't think exactly. you don't think so. You don't think she'll run into her in twenty twenty
2: four? No, I don't oh, think so. Okay, the, 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 let's the, go the Ed embers Cox. the embers were always burning her in there, and you give her a shot, she will she'll be going for it.
1: I think if you if you give her a shot, she's going to go for it. That's my opinion. That'd and and I I agree.
2: I, I disagree with both of these Democrats. I do not want their party to come back. <laughs> I want the Republicans to get elected. The real deal
3: because <laughs> they'll Spokes be able like to Take chairman. the country back oh,
1: oh, oh, to where it was. Now we 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 have another guest on uh, on the line. We, uh, we have Lydia Sam Toucho. Sam <laughs> Sam Liebman,
3: Sam Liebman and, on the line with us. What is he going to talk about? He's going to talk about residential real estate. Right? Residential real estate? Commercial real estate. Commercial uh, real estate. Sam, are we in deep uh, doo doo? Yes, we
7: are.
2: Thank you for joining us. No, <laughs> time out, time out. Let me no, come on, I'm you shouldn't mince on, words, Sam. So I'm
1: yeah. going to put on my deep boots, my taller boots, so okay. when I step in the crap. And get a shovel, John. get a shovel. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what's going on, Sam Liebman.
10: Well, first I want to say uh, my condolences to Bernie McGurk's family. He was a great guy. I knew him, and he will be missed. Okay, now to commercial real estate, especially in Manhattan. It's going to be Hello Bank, Bye Bye Property. Uh, Low Owners are now on uh, life support for a lot of reasons, and I just don't see them coming out of it. I mean, they've been bashed by the pandemic. In fact, they're predicting $500 million in decreased value. 50 million of that is New York City's share. And uh, I just don't see it getting better. I mean, owners have been blasted with the idea is really you don't need to live in a city to do business with a city anymore. And technology is going to increase. And I just don't think people are coming back. The occupancy rate in New York City and across the country is only 45, 46 percent.
2: Wow. Look, the, the, what does this mean for the banks?
10: Well, it's a very good question. It means massive foreclosures coming, in my opinion. You know, similar things have happened in the 1990s. I bought 40 buildings for half of what they were worth, again, in the early 2000s, and um, I think the same thing's going to happen. And remember, you know, people talk about how you're going to, well, we'll repurpose the building to residential. Well, there's a little thing called zoning. And how are you going to take a building that's half leased with a tenant on the 16th floor, the 8th floor, 2 on the 3rd floor, and renovate? You can't do it. So we're already underwater with a lot of these buildings, and the owners are just, you know, throwing good money after bad. And it's interesting because in the early 1990s, there were tons of properties, no money. Same situation in the early 2000s. Now you're going to have a lot of foreclosures, a lot of properties available, but a lot of money, dry powder on the side. And that's a new variable, so we'll see how that turns out. Wow,
1: wow. Well, Sam, we we, want to have you on again for a longer period of time because you know what the heck is going on. And uh, uh, thank you for coming on, and I think we're out of time, but I want to thank Sam. I want to thank Judge Weinberg, Governor Patterson, Ed Cox, Lydia Serrani, and what do we all stand for? truth Truth, justice and the american way god bless america we god bless the world because we do need god's blessing and may god i hope bernie i hope you are sitting by god's side and and ask him to give us some help because we need it
2: it's cats at night on the red apple podcast network